Hey guys, welcome to our wonderful podcast, Confessions of a Pastor's Kid, a.k.a. PK. Now, we created this podcast so pastor's kids everywhere can share their story and debunk some of the common misconceptions about what it means to be a PK, all the while telling their very real stories in hopes that a PK somewhere will realize that they are not the only ones dealing with their struggles. This is going to be a very interesting journey, and we hope that you can stay with us the whole way there let's get going welcome everybody to another episode of confessions with a preacher's kid or pastor's kid on whichever one you want to go um this is episode six and we have the wonderful hadley halbert is that how we say your last name yes yes and um first of all we want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast we are so honored that you guys are listening to us it's amazing but um i hope this podcast this episode blesses your heart and we are now going to hand it over to my big brother sam aka nike for him to take over right thank you so much hadley for coming out now before we start i just want to do a quick prayer and um, and then just ask god to be here so father god we thank you so much um for your grace and mercy um come and be a part of this podcast as we have this awesome conversation with an amazing woman of god here god um we bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Now, for those of you, actually, I'm not going to say this, right, but I have, we have an amazing guest for you today. Um, this is a, this is a woman that I have heard so much about even before I met her. Um, there's a little short story. In 20, 2007, uh, actually before 2007, 2006, when I applied for seminary degree, there was this amazing guy. His name is Joe Halbert. And he called me out of the blue, out of New Jersey. And he goes, I'm going to be your advisor. And I'm so stoked to see you. And he prayed for me over the phone. And I, I was, that was my first introduction to California life and how some Californians are just so excited about everything. And and I, I remember starting my, my courses at Azusa Pacific University and having one of my professors being the most on fire man of God, uh, one of the most on fire man of God, man of God that I know. And he is this short guy, yeah. just full of full of fire. And and in, in every he taught me in every semester that I was in seminary and there's one story that he loved to share. He was an outdoorsy guy. He loved working out. He loved adventures. And one of his favorite activities was biking. And he would come to class and talk about awesome bike that he did with his daughter. And his, this is a young daughter that he was talking about. Maybe not even 12 years old, like pretty young, and they would do miles and miles of biking. So I have heard the story of Hadleywood since then. <laughs> and then um, I got a job at Point Lemon at Zwing University and realized that the Halberts uh, came to school here. And I didn't really get to know the older Halbert very well, but I have seen uh, Hadley around and we've had conversations and it's been an amazing journey to watch her grow right here on our campus. So I am super stoked to welcome to Confessions of a Pastor's Kid, Hadley Albert. How are you, Hadley? Good. Thanks for having me. So pumped. Okay. It's fun to get to talk about 
things that not a lot of people relate to. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and we're hoping this conversation will, will do that. So I just want to kind of start off real quick, share a little bit about yourself and your testimony, uh, specifically about growing up as a PK. Yeah. Well, like you said, I'm Hadley. I'm 20 and I'm a junior at Point Wilma, um, a Nazarene school. I'm a Nazarene pastor's kid. It all makes sense right there. Uh, (laughs) Man. Okay. Asking about my testimony is quite a question. And I know that you know that it's not an easy answer. Um, I will say, though, that I've, I've been a pastor's kid since I was born. My dad has been a pastor since before he was married to my mom. Um, so it's like in my blood and it's completely shaped who I am. Uh, I kind of grew up thinking that the church was like this perfect bubble and that everyone inside the bubble was this like perfect model Christian that could do no wrong. Um, and I quickly learned that the church is full of broken people <laughs> that need <laughs> Jesus just as much as the people that we're ministering to. Um, when I was 15, I was at Nazarene Youth Conference, NYC. NYC? Yeah. Woo. Um, and at the time, I was in Kentucky, which was so fun. Got to go with all my friends. But um, I felt this call to ministry, and I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it looked like. Um, I didn't know what God was doing there. And at the age of 15, I thought that if you feel a call to ministry, like you're going to be behind a pulpit preaching every Sunday, um, doing house visits with congregants, all of that <laughs> kind of stuff. Like that's what I thought it meant. Um And then when I got into high school, I realized, dude, whatever I do in life, whatever career path I take is going to end up being my ministry. And maybe that looks like working in a church or maybe that looks I mean, I'm a marketing major. Like, is that going to be my ministry? You know, Um, I would say that there are like two seasons of ministry Um, that I remember as a kid being in my parents' house that have really um, shaped my testimony. Two, like, really hard seasons um, that broke me as a person, made me think, like, whoa, if this is what ministry is, this is... This is not what I want. This is, I do not want to be a part of this. And not in a way that ever, I've never gone through a season of like, God's not real. What my dad preaches on Sunday, that's, that's baloney. I've never been through that, but have definitely like doubted um, the positivity of ministry um, just because of some of the, the things that I've seen and that my family has um, gone through. Um, the first season, hard season of ministry when I was in high school kind of made me understand, um, like I said, the church is, is full of broken people um, and that not everyone is cut out for ministry um, and how that can affect you as just a person and a church congregate. And then the second one is kind of a season I'm in right now that just this like pandemic and covid has created such like chaos in the church so that made me realize i do not want to be a senior pastor because at all times you have to be ready for a global pandemic yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> <That> something <laughs> exactly so that's that's kind of my testimony um in very brief terms <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome i i you know it's it's so amazing you kind of talk about you know, you felt this calling and that what would that calling look like? Would I be standing in front in, in a pulpit or will I be doing this? And you're a marketing major now. 
Did you ever felt any pressures at all growing up in a church? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, and you guys know this. You have to you have to figure out who you are really quickly or yeah. else the Karens or in the Nazarene church, we call them Nancy <laughs> Nazarenes. The, the Karens? <laughs> the Karens, yes. And the Nancy Nazarenes, they will tell you who you are and who you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I mean, God bless me with like a leader personality and someone who doesn't really get shoved around a lot, which is you kind of have to if you don't if you're not born that way, you kind of have to figure out quickly as a pastor's kid to put on this thick skin. Um, The pressure that I face is like always being expected to be a role model Um, and that failure is unacceptable. And that's made failing for me like really difficult in my walk as a Christian. And that's not necessarily pressures that were brought on by my parents at all. Um, but just the stereotype of what it looks like to be a pastor's kid and, um, to grow up in a church and that really shaped like even my love languages, like words Mm. of affirmation. I need that to be like, Hey, you're doing a great job. You're not messing up. Um, you're, you're doing exactly what, what God is calling you to be. Um, and I also felt the pressure of like anything that I, that Hadley Halbert does is going to be tied to Joe Halbert's name, to Cindy Halbert's name. Mm. Um, and just being super like hypersensitive of um, every every action that I do is like going to be slapped on People magazine and the Nazarene world. And they're yeah. all going to, you know, and so definitely the pressure of like being my best self at all times on social media and real life. Um, and it's made me fearful as a 20 year old who mm. currently lives at home because you know, that that's whole, what 20 year olds do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's made me as an adult, like afraid to mess up. And I think that that's a pressure that I'm going to have to carry on my back my whole life. You no. Know? Mm. Cool. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Have anything darkest? I'm trying to take in everything that she just said because there was so much truth in it because I do resonate with you. I think all pastors kids do about the pressure that we carry trying to be quote unquote perfect. Right. And, you know, sometimes like our parents and what's so crazy is it doesn't come from our parents. You know, well, some preachers kids that come from their parents, but not all preachers kids. My parents never forced us to be perfect. What they try to get us to do be a good Christian. You know, that was your main focus, being a Christian and follower of Christ. But what you just said, I'm sorry, it was amazing. But um, when it, talking about faith, right, what is your thoughts on your faith? your faith versus your parents' faith. Like, I'm sure you have the fundamentals that we all grow up with, but is there anything that you do, like the practice of the faith? Let me just say that, the practice of the faith. Like, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, definitely. Honestly, there's not, there's no large differences between my parents' faith and mine. But um, what I will say is that going to Point Loma has taught me um, what it looks like to listen um, to people who have different faith backgrounds and how these people got there. Uh, And and belief is my number one strength on the Strength Finder. So I'm not necessarily 
going to bend backwards to uh, take in someone else's belief um, or their faith. But I think where my parents and I differ is they are old enough and wise enough in their faith to have heard all these things and then be grounded. Whereas my parents gave me these fundamentals that I will always hold on to. But now I'm at a point where I can listen to other people and appreciate um, not necessarily like different theologies. I've heard some pretty obscure things, but different, <laughs> like walks of life and how people got to the beliefs that they're in. And so um, I think just the practice of listening, not that my parents don't listen, um, but that's just, that's the stage that I'm in currently. Yeah, I I like what you just said. Um, one thing note like, I want to comment on is a lot of people think that there's you can take this different avenues to get to Christ mm. or to reach, you know, their faith. But the only way to really kind of get to heaven is through Jesus, right. you know, but you can be from, like you said, different walks of life. You can be from like an abused background you can come from a back, like background of doing drugs or even or even be a pastor's kid but still don't know Christ right and then watch your parents or be in a church and then God can save you in that way but people forget to say that the only way to right. heaven is through Jesus and that's that's literally he's the reason you know right. Mm-hmm. So um, I just want to know, is there anything in your background looking back like that um, that you'd change anything mm-hmm. about the way in which your parents raised you that maybe you thought was unfair or you just didn't understand? And even now you don't understand because there are some things that my parents raised us with that back then I didn't understand. But now I understand. Mm-hmm. But some there are some of them that I still don't understand, but I'm like, you know what? They have their reasons. So, right. you know, you take it from here. <laughs> um, man, that's, that's honestly something that I don't think I've like, thought a lot about right now. I'm just so grateful for the way in which they raised me, raised me with the understanding of why we believe the things in the Bible and why they're truths and why we don't, bend on specific things Mm -hmm. um yeah i will say and this isn't necessarily something that they did or didn't do but if i could go back in time as a young kid i wouldn't even know what it was but i would have encouraged my parents to like have us as a family honestly like go to therapy together um and like talk about some of the things that we're holding and caring not only like as a church but for the people within the church Mm -hmm. um so many times and the older i get and the more that my parents are able to tell me because you know when you're when you're a kid like they don't your parents don't tell you things Mm -hmm. that are going on in the church so the older that i've gotten and the more i understand it's always like a hey this stays in the house we don't we don't share this with other people we don't talk about it okay (laughs) and i have i have a few pastors kids friends and i'm like okay but they're off limits like i get to tell my other pastors kids friends what's going on because i need people to digest Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so i think 
not that that was wrong. Definitely things that cannot be talked about. But then maybe, okay, let's let's try it. Let's try therapy. Let's try talking things out um, and understanding that, like, not everyone in the church is out to get you based on the things that I've seen. I, I think I, I would have encouraged that. <laughs> yeah, you know that is that is. I mean, there's there's a, there's so much to to impact from that. One, like that, you know, not everybody in the church is out to get you, right? Uh, yeah. There's some there's some people in the church who are actually good people. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, church members are good people, and I think and I think the majority of time they just don't know how to relate to us right yeah. because as pastors kids we're almost like celebrities yeah. right <laughs> so some people don't know how to act around pks right there's some people who are like it's almost like like, like they put right, you on a pedestal right yeah. you know yeah. so, so that in their mind they have these these thoughts which then which then translates into Oh my gosh! Why why are they expecting this from us, right? So there's that aspect, and then the other aspect of you know, Douglas was laughing because you do not leave this house and talk to other people. Yeah, no, about you, things happening in, this in the house. house, like it stays <laughs> in the house. It stays yeah. here, but but it brings up a really good point about mental health, mm. right? Mental health within within the pastoral career because a lot of my my dad once told me this that the life of a pastor is so lonely Mm. because you were hearing everything from everybody and you can't share it sometimes it's like i can't even sometimes i can't i don't know if i want to share this even with my spouse right just how how personal this is when a church member comes he's like i'm suffering pornography uh you're like oh i don't like i'm praying for you but i don't want to share this with my wife because you can't share with your wife exactly right so the the information inside the pastor's head is so much yeah so much and um and i and i think i think it's extremely important and maybe Find a therapist who doesn't go to your church. Yeah, exactly. right. <laughs> so, like a third party who has nothing to do. Like someone who have nothing a to do. Different denomination. Yeah, <laughs> different city, right? If you could drive two hours to go. See that is her. no, no, but that's so true because I feel like. Um, if you guys like watch the news or like read articles, there's a lot of pastors who commit suicide because yeah. they go through all that mental. How like in all honesty, it takes grace. To to do the work in which they do, man or woman. So like you just said, like going to therapy, take care of your mind so that you'll be able to take care of the flock Mm. so that you'll be able to take care of the home because like the pressure, if you allow the pressure to set in, even not allowing the pressure to set in is pressure in itself because Mm. then it becomes overwhelming. Then you take it out on everybody. Then you have expectations that, are not really realistic. So what you just said, I really commend you on that because there's a lot of people who think, oh, they don't need therapy. A lot of preachers, like a lot of Christian homes, a lot of Christian families, pastors' families who think, oh, they don't need therapy. They got it down. (laughs) Yeah, even if you have to go see another, like a spiritual father, like that's okay. You know, go see them and talk about it. Like, this is what I'm going through. 
help me. You know, it's okay to ask for help. Go to God and ask what, because sometimes God is like, I have this person waiting for you, for you to go yes. to, mm-hmm. to get help. And if we're all here like, I need Jesus and Jesus alone. But like Jesus is like, I have a pastor there for you to help you. Come on, go. Preach but, it. Yes, <laughs> there's, there, there's a reason why God sent Paul to Ananias, right? Mm-hmm. And said, "Go to Ananias, and you know, I can, I can, I can open your eyes right now. You know, I know you're blind right now. I, can, I, I can make it happen. But go see Ananias. So they have to teach us some things. Or... Exactly. There's, there, there's lessons to learn in there. Mm-hmm. So, so here's one thing. There's one thing I, there's so many things I love about Hadley and watching her on campus. Um, she is an amazing musician, right? What um, instrument? Uh, I I sing, play guitar, and piano. Yes. Come on, my singing sister. Yeah. Let's go. So, <laughs> so um, one of the th- one of the questions I wanted to ask you: How does it feel? I, you know, serving in a church with with your dad. Um, yeah, I have a story, but I want you to share. How does yeah. it feel? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I fall into the pastor's kid stereotype of. Well, if you don't like run rampant and become like a crazy person, <laughs> then you become a worship leader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I'm at. Uh, I've wrestled a lot with distinguishing like getting worship opportunities because my dad's a pastor from no, God's opening doors for me mm-hmm. in my mm. walk in my ministry. Mm. Um, and so I'm really grateful for the people outside of my church bubble who have affirmed me in that. Um, I have a lot of people at Point Loma to thank for for helping um, me get to where I'm at when it comes to, to worship leading. Um, yeah, working with my dad on a pastoral staff is so fun and so bizarre at the same time. <laughs> like, I'll be sitting on the couch with my guitar and my dad will walk in. I'll be like, hey, dad, what are you preaching on Sunday? Like, so I can plan a set. Like, who gets to do that? You know, mm-hmm. um, so there's definitely a special connection, a special bond um, with that. Yes, I see you really. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> I love it. Um, my The very first church that I started worship leading at um, was my dad's and I was 15. And so for the past five years, we've. Uh, we've had that opportunity to do that. And there have been seasons within the past five years that um, either he's not like full-time on a staff or I'm not worshiping at the church. And um, it's made me so grateful for the seasons where we get to do this together. Um, And, you know, God keeps opening doors for worship leading. Like I said, I felt a call to ministry, no idea what it means. And so I just kind of at a young age was like, you know what? Lord, as long as you're opening these doors and the kind of worship leading that I'm I'm participating in is humble and you're growing me through this, like I'm going to continue to do this because this is a way that I can use my gifts in the church. Um, and it's just super cool to get to do it with your dad. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's so Best. cool. <laughs> you, I can relate to you 100%. <laughs> I am so happy right now. Let's go. So I remember when we were in Ghana, right? And I'll never forget this. And I can, you threw me under the bus for this. I used to always sing in like at home, never anywhere until it was like one day at Sunday school. And uh, one of the Sunday school teachers asked somebody to sing a song. And I hear and I could go, oh, Dorcas can sing. 
And I was like, oh, no. And then I sang in front of the whole people. That was like my first time ever singing in front of people. I remember then, this. Hmm? I don't remember you, this. You remember? No, I don't. You did that. Trust me. I don't me. think it happened. I think it did. You like to do that to me sometimes. But anyways, then my parents kind of saw that gift. And one thing about my parents is they're going to nurture that gift mm-hmm. in you. You know, like how Nike, I think <laughs> you said that one time you said when you finally accepted a call for ministry and then mommy and daddy goes, oh, we knew. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like they know, but they want you to come to that realization. Yes. And I joined a choir and everything. And when we came to America, I was singing with daddy around the piano all the time. And then one day, I don't know, I don't know why God made me do this. I said, I want to sing Silent Night at church. And then daddy was like, let's go. Like he was all for it. The first time I ever sang, and I'm not going to lie, it, it's been a journey, like you said. It's sometimes I'm like, daddy, what song? Like if I have a solo, I'm like, oh, daddy, what, what are you preaching about? What's the sermon about? So that I can, maybe the Holy Spirit can pick us, you know, can drop a song to my spirit or I can pick a song or something that goes with it. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will make me pick a song that goes perfectly with what his sermon is. And I have nothing, I know nothing about it. Right. And it, I'm not gonna lie. It is a joy. It is fun to serve in church. Like, I don't know if you saw the look on my face. Yes. <laughs> when you started talking about serving in church, oh, I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, and Hadley, so in our home, our dad is also a musician. Okay. Uh, I think dad plays almost every instrument. That's one instrument he said it, he probably won't touch. That's a trumpet. But he plays almost every other instrument. You he know plays how the he bass. plays? The Holy Spirit leads him to play. Yeah, how cool he, is that? I'm he, jealous. He, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, never, he's never been to music school or anything, but wow. you know, he plays the keyboard, the guitar, bass, drums. And I used to play drums many years ago. I don't do it anymore. Um, but it's been, it's been such an amazing... Um, it's been such an amazing relationship because I was also I was a pastor with my dad you know uh, when I was a youth pastor and and he would one day he would be like okay I want you to leave Sunday school today and I was leaving one of the not the children's Sunday school but like the adult Mm. people's Sunday school yeah and and it just like we're talking about words of affirmation right um after I after I taught one day and, and he came he goes that was the that was a really good example you used in that. That was that was really really powerful, mm. and and though that was just like oh, oh. so cool. Like <laughs> that's that one so cool, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I was and I was like 35, 35 years. Like I was old enough, but still having that. It does something to you. I think it's. Is the pastor aspect of it, in all honesty. Yeah. Like for me, I'm like, Daddy, what'd you think of the solo today? And he'd be like, It was powerful. It was, you know, keep it up. God is using you. And then I'm like, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah. Oh, that was that so cool. That was really, really cool. Well, I have, um, so <laughs> I, I don't think I sent you this question, but it just came to me after I sent you the question. It's a kind of a fun question, but okay. do, you, do you think PKs, Make better pastors. (laughs) Whoa. Oh, man. You know what? No. (laughs) I'm going to say no. And here's why. Because I think we're smart enough 
You know, get not go into full-time ministry. Like, no, but it was so crazy. God can be like, no, you're going to full-time ministry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't want to go, but God is like, you going. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> oh, man. Well, looking, looking back in your life, what... Uh, what are some of the uh, defining influential moments in your life? Whether, I know you said when you were 15, you felt the call of God uh, to go into ministry. Um, what are some of the um, other moments in your life that looking back, I know you're only 20 years old and I know say only, but 20 years old is a good, <laughs> you're young, but you, you, you've had some experiences because PKs have great experiences. Oh yeah. Because uh, we have to grow up really fast. Mm. So 20 years old, in, in a church, it's more like maybe 30 in a real world. Oh, like yeah. You've gained, you've gained some experience. So kind of looking back, what, is, what has been some of the moments, maybe in conversations with your dad or your mom, that you look back and say, wow, I, I so appreciate that moment in mm. my life. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, and I know I have a lot of friends who's um, – who's pastor or their parents, their mom is a pastor. Um, but my, me specifically, my dad is a pastor. And I think, you know, there's just that stereotypical, like, men, your dad doesn't show emotion. Your dad is always a strong person. Right. And there have been so many, like moments growing up where I appreciate seeing my dad break down from, the weight of the things that are happening in church and, and seeing my mom join him in that too. Um, seeing your mom cry, I don't know about you, but like, that's weird. Like if my mom, if my mom cries, I'm like ready to fight whoever oh, yeah. cry. Right. Mm. Um, and so oh, that's watching, not our mom. what? I said, that's not our mom. <laughs> she doesn't cry often, but when she cries, Big deal. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. And so watching my parents be vulnerable with me and has helped me process the fact that like it's okay to um, it's okay for the church to make you cry if that makes sense. Like it's okay to have these feelings and feel the weight of the people that you're ministering. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just seeing them raw has made me realize like have to have compassion for other people, especially other people in ministry and not someone, this is not my dad that told me this, but Jen Grafius, she's a, um, she works at APU. She's kind of like my mentor. She's a pastor in the Presbyterian church. She told me the wise words of, you can't forgive those who are still hurting you. And this was at a time where I was going through a really rough season in the church. I mean, my family just like was sent through the ringer. I can't Uh even tell you. And it gave me grace to have grace for myself um, and to recognize the pain I'm going through. I'm someone, I'm an Enneagram eight. If you guys are like into the Enneagram, but I, I like welcome conflict. I don't mind it. If you, if, if there's something we need to talk about, let's talk about it. But I'm also someone that um, I like to fix conflict really quickly. And so mm-hmm. when, when the church is hurting me, when people in the church are hurting me, I feel this weight on my shoulders of like, I need to fix this right now. Um, and so hearing someone that was outside of my family, outside of my pastor parents telling me like, you can't forgive some, you can't forgive the church when the church is still hurting you. 
and you need to learn how to give yourself grace and give yourself the resources and the tools to be able to help you work through that profound like profound it helped me so much that is that is really cool um i, I was trying to look for my enneagram i i <laughs> it was a long time ago when i took it i think i'm at i'm at seven um yeah, if i remember yes. correctly yeah um but it's so i don't know if my my siblings they they also went to Christian private schools, but their 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 schools. I think Dorcas went to a Presbyterian school, which I don't know. Uh, it's, it's uh, not, we're not going to talk about it. It's not Christian. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't really. Yeah. It, it wasn't really Christian. I just sorry. And, and my other brother went to a Catholic school. I don't know. I don't know if Ryder is a Christian school, but um, so any like you, you've heard Hadley kind of mention Enneagram strength quest those are these are things that are like huge on our mm-hmm. campus here oh, yeah. you know um my my number one strength is connectedness um just love to make connections and then my second one is relator which mm-hmm. works well with connectedness right um but i want to ask you a question you brought up apu <laughs> so you have a dad that works at apu apu is yeah. a pacific university and that's where i went for my for my um, seminary degree um, why didn't you end up at APU? How did you drive <laughs> all the way from Pasadena, wherever you, I think, I don't know where you guys were at the time, Glendora, drive all the yes. way down here to San Diego? You know, that is like the most controversial question that comes up <laughs> all the time. Everyone always asks me that. Um, yeah, my dad's been at APU for like decades. And so my sister went to Point Loma, had an yep. amazing experience. Again, I grew up in the Nazarene church. Um, at the time of choosing a school, uh, I lived in Glendora, which is awesome. Yeah, the same <laughs> exact city as Azusa. Yeah. So I wanted to just not get away from my parents, but just get out of, you know, L.A. Um, And so that's the main reason. And APU is a great school. And there are so many like amazing people at APU. We love APU. Yes. There's nothing bad that I could say about APU. I just wanted the I wanted to be like a big fish in a small pond at Point Loma and be able to know everybody. Also. APU has a great music ministry program, but if you know George Williamson, you want to shadow George Williamson. Yeah. <laughs> and so George Williamson that, is yeah. a, he's, he's, he's the truth. George yeah. Williamson, shout out to George. George is our worship pastor here oh, okay. at our chapel. And uh, he's this, um, the Scot- is it Scottish or Irish? He's like everything. I think. <laughs> I don't know. His accent is. Yeah, I think he's Scottish. Yeah, I think, I think so. he might be Scottish, but he's that he's I don't know. he's really really cool. Um, so I went to here's a fun story. Uh, I went to APU um, for my master's, like I said, and then um, and then I came to Point Loma, and I think my first maybe my first six months, we had this huge tournament and I saw signs everywhere, beat APU week. Cause that week we were playing basketball against APU, baseball against APU, uh, volleyball against APU and soccer, mm. men and women against APU. So it was like a huge APU week. And I saw all these signs. So I went to one of my friends and I was like, hey, um, 
why they just beat APU? Thing? They were like, oh, APU's our rival. <laughs> and so I was like, I was at APU for seven years. Never heard of Point Loma before. <laughs> I don't think APU cares much about this rivalry. <laughs> it was just like, it was really funny to see how we, but we beat them. We did beat APU and it was, it was such a great time. And, yeah. you know, the sea lions beat the cougars. It's, it's just, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. It just, it just freaking amazing. But, um, I, this hearing you, hearing your story, hearing how you were raised. Um, so one question I want to ask, and again, this kind of came up, you kind of talk about your parents going through the ringer in a church. How do you personally, Hadley, how do you deal with the church politics that can get <laughs> ugly? I know your parents have their own way of dealing with it, but seeing your parents go through that, how do you deal with that in your own life? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, I <laughs> you had to take a deep breath for this one. <laughs> Just the phrase church politics makes me want to crawl out of my skin. Right? It's so nasty. It's so real, though. Um, I, I love to write um, and like music is my escape. And so I will just write like angry poetry or angry songs that are so terrible just to get it all out because like we talked about you know a lot of it you can't talk about um and so i have to i have to release it in some kind of way i also i have a blog um i think it's called like life through a pastor's kid's eyes and so I'll, I'll, i'll write um on that as well trying not to be like um secretly talking about like church congregants right? <laughs> let me just change the names and the pronouns <laughs> but, uh, I also I think it's so important to have um, people in your life um, that understand you and understand now, there's so many of my friends don't understand what happens in my house and what happens at the church mm. and I can tell them and they'll never understand like the weight on my heart or my mind. And that's okay. They don't have to, um, but to have people around you who do or who are willing to sit and listen um, or uh, give advice. I don't necessarily like, welcome other people's advice i kind of do my own thing but to have someone who who can sit with you and and lovingly tell you um that you need to either like suck it up this is not as bad as it is or bite the bullet um is, is really good for me. <laughs> so, yeah. please don't bite the bullet it's not i good. laugh i laugh because my mom always say your tongue even if it falls off keep yep. biting your tongue <laughs> and i'm I like but i want to but i want to say something she was like no it's not everything you gotta comment on and it's no, not no. everything that like you gotta speak about maybe there's some things you have to address but there's some things that you have to let go and kind of like get off and then a lot of people don't understand but it's like this hurts but they don't understand how much yeah you know yeah. that particular person has hurt you yeah, yeah. No, it, it's so, it's so, so true. The whole bite your tongue thing. I, 
uh, loyalty mm-hmm. is so important to me and I'm so loyal to my parents and and mm. I would be the first I mean I'm small I'm only five two but I will fight someone <laughs> on behalf of yes. family, you know yeah. and there are so many so many people just throughout the years at my church that it's like you said some nasty stuff this week and I <laughs> It's taking everything in me not to lay it out uh, right like on this church platform right now, but I gotta bite my tongue and love yeah. you. It's yeah. so true. Yeah, yeah. You and just look at them and smile. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, and it's it's not just not it's not just biting your tongue, but even going above to be nice. Nice. To them. Oh. Yes. Right. It's like I want to punch you, but how are you? <laughs> How's the family? It's. Oh. I, I like in all honesty, seeing how my parents operate, sometimes I am astonished at how they carry themselves because I have to, you know, shout out to my parents because somebody can insult them during the week, can say nasty things to them. My dad will call them yeah. and say, just calling to check on you. Or even at church, my dad would see the person or my mom would see the person and see how you doing? How's everybody? And make a joke like nothing's ever happened. And I'm in the background, like biting my hand, like, oh my gosh, God help me. Literally, I have to walk away because this I'm like, Jesus. yeah, yeah. I'm like, Jesus help me. I don't, I don't want to say anything to embarrass them, but this yeah. person, oh, but yeah. my parents, they carry themselves with so much grace yeah. and so much wisdom. That's another thing I think that comes with being a pastor. You need so much wisdom on how to deal with people. Because yeah. if not, you are not going to be able to last in the ministry. Absolutely. Shout out to our parents. Yeah. Love you, Joe. Love yes. you. <laughs> well, Hadley, um, there's a lot of um, young people listening to this, especially young PKs who some of them are younger than you and some of them are older than you and going through life like no one understands me no one knows what i'm going through what advice or set of advice will you give to these people who are listening to this podcast right now yeah absolutely there's three things that i think come to mind and that i wish i had someone tell me when i was young the first is don't be afraid to be who you are, who God created you to be. I think so often we try to create this persona, this false persona of what we think um, church people need to see. Like you said, sometimes it feels like we're a celebrity in the weirdest way. Mm-hmm. Like all eyes are on us. But God gave us the specific gifts, personality traits to be who we are. Um, and I think that we should use them and glorify God through that. Um, It kind of goes hand in hand, but I realized pretty young in life um, when I was in the youth group that a lot of young women, young people were like influenced by me and my decisions and um, how I live my life. And so I think that's true for a lot of PKs that people are always looking up to us um, and want to be like us or model our personalities. And so I think we have to be really careful on um, how are we modeling the hand, how are we being the hands and feet of Jesus to these people who are looking up to us. And then the third is we need to learn how to say no. 
Like, you don't have to be voluntold to do everything. Mm, yes. <laughs> um, mm. I I would seriously, like, run from other pastors in the courtyard because I knew they were coming <laughs> up to me to ask me to be involved in, like, this Wednesday night program or something. And so it's okay to say no and to protect um, yourself and your time and your heart. Um, yeah, I, I think I think pastors kids need to hear that you don't have to be you're not being paid to be there so you don't have to be the one that that does everything mm. yeah thank you so thank much you. Is, thank you thank <laughs> you thank you so much mm-hmm. um go ahead dorcas okay okay so we want to say thank you to hadley for coming on um it was such an honor to talk to you there were some things that you said that were very deep that and i know it has touched the hearts of um those that are listening even if they are not preachers kids i'm sure it will help them on how to be um how to walk well with Christ and how to strengthen, you know, it was strengthening their faith and strength, uh, you know, give them hope and how to become a better person all around. But um, we want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story and your testimony. You know, my singing sister, I'm so happy right now. You know, you don't understand. We got to talk after, but, um, but God bless you for coming and God bless everybody for listening. And it was such, we had such a fun time with her and I hope you guys had a wonderful time listening in. And right now I'm going to hand it over to Sam. Thank you, Dorcas. Um, The advice I want to leave everyone with today actually came out of our conversation today. And there's two Bible verses that kind of spoke to me. Proverbs 22, uh, Proverbs 25, 21 and 22 um, basically talks about um, if your enemy is hungry, give him food. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. Uh, being a PK, now I want to kind of take our focus off heaping burning coals on your head, but uh, really focus on this idea of the people that hurts us the most. Now, I love what you say is you can't forgive someone who is still hurting you. And th- those that's really hard, right? But all the pressures that goes on and all the church politics that goes on and, and all the conversations and the, and, the, and the topics that go on as PKs, my advice to you and everybody else, really, because this is a commitment to all of us, is when your enemy is thirsty, give him water. When they're when they are hungry, give them food. And this is so important that God actually is repeated in Romans uh, 12, 19, and 20. It's that same, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Um, word for word, because he said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Um, like Hadley said, you're not being paid to be there, so you don't have to be the one to fix all the problems. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's the Bible verse I'm leaving with you. Uh, with you guys today. Um, Hadley, can you tell us a little bit about your dad's church and how people can worship with you guys? Yeah, my dad is the pastor at Gateway Church of the Nazarene, which is in Marietta. Uh, it's halfway between Point Loma and APU. <laughs> so wherever you go to school, <laughs> join us. Um, you can join us on Sunday mornings at 9 and 1030. It's a beautiful church, Nazarene. So many ways to get involved. Um, if anyone is looking, we would love to have you and love for you to jump in and serve with us. That's awesome. That's awesome. If you find yourself in a New Jersey area in um, 
North Brunswick. Um, yes. You can find House of Faith Ministries. That's the church of my dad, um, of our dad, Pastor Herbert and uh, Reverend Rosemere. Um, you can you can worship with us every Sunday. You can also uh, worship via YouTube on Sundays and over the COVID. Uh, and Facebook. And, and Facebook. I did not know that one. All right. And Facebook uh, on YouTube is uh, youtube.com slash H-O-F-M-N-J. Um, it's, it, will be, it will be a blessing. But there's a view right here in, in California, if you hear my voice, uh, if you live in San Diego area, in Point Loma area, and you're looking for a Bible-believing church, uh, I go to a church called All People's Church. It's an amazing church. Um, we'll be more than happy to welcome you. We are also uh, on YouTube. You can, can search us on YouTube, All People's Church, or you can visit us in person at 5555 University Avenue. Uh, it's going to be an amazing time. Now, if you're listening to us here and um, and you hear these stories and you say to yourself, oh my gosh, I want to be a Christian, uh, but I don't know how. I don't have Jesus as my personal savior. I just want you right now to just close your eyes and do a quick prayer with me and say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe in you and I want you to be my savior. I ask you to come into my life. now." I'm not going to sit here and say just because you said that prayer, magically you are now a Christian. Christianity is a lifestyle. You have to change your lifestyle. You have to repent and turn away from the sins that you live in. And, and trust me, if you repent and turn away and confess your sin and find a Bible-believing church, God will indeed come and live and have community with you. Um, all the laughter that you see here, everything that you hear here is by the grace of God. And, and I want to see you on the up and up. Uh, my dad always ends his sermons by saying this, don't give up because God has not given up on you. Mm-hmm. We thank you for listening to us today. Peace out. Love chicken grease. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, thanks again for listening to another episode of Confessions of a PK. We had a blast talking to Hadley, so a big thank you to her for taking the time to talk to us. Now we have more in store for you next time as we talk to a longtime friend of ours, Precious. She has to be one of the most real people you will ever meet. So join us on February 18th as we talk to Precious for episode number 7. Also, go ahead and like and subscribe to this podcast and leave us a comment. You can also like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Confessions of PK and on Facebook at Confessions of a PK. Love you guys as always, and we'll see you next time. Peace.